Hi and a warm welcome to Happiness is a Muscle. My name is Vaibhav Bali and like every week we bring to you some amazing minds in the world and today the person who we have has not just made perhaps Kerala proud, South India proud but she's brought pride to the entire nation. She won a world championship, the historic world championship bronze medal 2003 in Paris. Uh, in the World Athletic Finals, she won the gold in 2005, Monte Carlo. Commonwealth Games 2002 in, uh, in Manchester, she won the bronze. Asian Games, she won gold in 2002 in Busan and uh, silver in 2006, Doha. In the Asian Championship in 2005, she won gold and in 2007, she won silver. And, and in the South Asian Games, she won gold in 2006, Colombo. She's got various awards. She's got the Padma Award uh, from Kerala. She's got the Rajiv Gandhi Khel Ratna Award. She also has the Asian Games Championship in Women's Long Jump. And our guest for today is Padma Shri Anju Bobby George. Ma'am, welcome to Happiness is a Muscle. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, before I move on and I introduce our main man, Vivek Bhargava, I need to really ask you that when is your biopic coming uh, out on the big screen? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think, uh, I'm also, I have no clue about that. Uh, yeah. We will work towards it. The world needs to know your story and what a fabulous platform uh, that you have chosen. Thank you for speaking up, uh, perhaps like for the first or the second time about the challenges that you had. And for all our guests out there, a world champion with just one kidney, that is Padmashri Anju Bobby George for you. And now it's time to introduce our main man, Mr. Vivek Bhargava. He is the CEO of Denso Performance Group. He loves table tennis and also owns a team called Goa Challengers in the Ultimate Table Tennis League and is also uh, a silver medalist in the last year's uh, senior category of table tennis. Please welcome Mr. Vivek Bhargava. Please round of applause. Let's get the energy going because this conversation is going to be very interesting for me because, you know, I'm not looking at someone uh, like perhaps an uh, angel investor or an athlete. I'm just looking at two athletes that would talk about their struggles. They would connect with each other and they would bring on the best in each other. So, sir and ma'am, over to you. Uh, hoping to have a fabulous conversation. I will come back uh, later in the conversation and have my questions and queries. So, Vivekji, over to you. Thanks a lot, Vaibhav. Uh, welcome, Anju. And uh, I don't think Vaibhav should compare us as athletes because I'm a building athlete and you're a world-class athlete. The big difference between the two athletes. But uh, Anju, I think uh, I'll give you a little context of how this thing happened. Uh, basically, what happened was that uh, I grew up in a middle-class family and some of the others, I had this fixation that I need to make money. So right from my childhood, I had this thing that I want to make money. And as luck would have it, I sold my company to this Japanese multi-billion dollar group. So in a way, I made some money. And within nine months of that period, suddenly I found myself in a hospital where my dad was on the ventilator. And suddenly I realized how worthless that money was. And there's nothing much you can do about money in, in a situation that involves health and life. And uh, in that days of introspection, I said, okay, what should be my new goal now? If it's not money, what should it be? And I discovered this goal that I increase joy and happiness in my life every minute, every day for the rest of my life. And I went on that quest and I found a lot of books. I found a lot of videos that talked about happiness, but most of them covered some physical aspect of happiness. Do meditation, be grateful, exercise, 
sleep adequately but nobody talked about the mental makeup what makes you sustainably happy so that i discovered that the more and more people you talk to the more and more mental models you find out what sustains happiness in them how their relationship with money is how they uh, strive for a purpose in life and that what gives them sustainable happiness so the purpose of these interviews is to find out the mental makeup of successful people of how they are able to sustain happiness find purpose in life and that's where we are anjun so uh, thanks a lot for spending your time with us on a saturday morning but this is what i want to pick on and find out what makes people like you strive harder fight the odds and become not only more successful but become happier because i believe that happiness brings you success rather than success bringing you happiness so thank you and welcome to the show thank you very much so i would love to start with anjul your sort of a childhood and background what made you strive this hard because athletics is probably one of the most toughest uh, uh sports uh in the world because in a lot of sports right there is fewer countries participates you take even to a great extent many sports that are popular in india 20 countries or 10 countries participate but if you take the world of athletics there's probably hardly any any country that does not participate so it's the toughest sport to actually excel in so we'd love to know what what gave you this motivation in your childhood what made you because you also must have chosen this over money at many times right because studies and everything so we'd love to know a little background how did you got into the sports and what are the things that motivated you okay so um as you said i am also from a middle class family and my parents actually they could make out some difference other than uh, like um, many other kids because i was very active from childhood and i was uh, always outside playing with the even with the boys and i am running very fast jumping very far so actually they decided uh, in whichever field uh, i am excelling they will help like uh, put me in that and they will help me till the end so that decision actually uh, it was uh, in later stages uh, like um, i get it was worth enough because i started athletics at the age of 5 and it was a slow and steady process because uh, from uh, from i think i think um, uh, after my fourth standard i started doing with the coach and since then my parents were searching for uh, good schools where athletics is uh, popular or good coaches and from college also i was i was like fortunate enough to get a good college and good coaches and slowly i came uh, to national camp senior national camp and from there i got bobby uh, he was also an athlete there uh, so he was actually uh, uh, he was coaching me and at the same time he was doing triple jump in the national competition so he was he was there in the national camp as a coach and as an athlete so i can say, uh, I, i can say that uh, uh, like uh, um there was someone always with me to like support uh, support me in a way which i needed and uh, actually uh, uh, athletics as you said this is one of the toughest even in the world and we are competing against 214 countries so getting a medal is not easy in athletics and so in world championship and olympics for athletics it's same same competition so same usain bolt is running in olympics and same usain bolt is running in world championship so only the name different but but uh, olympics it's it's that name 
is something different. So getting a medal from Olympics is something different because uh, it's a game. And uh, see, uh, long jump actually, this is highly technical event and uh, world of athletics, sometimes it's it's not fair. It's, it's like, like uh, doping is there. We have to fight with all those things. And uh, America, uh, European countries, they are way ahead of us and all sort of things, support system they have, but we are, we are doing with all the gymnasium or old tracks and old spikes. When I was, I was saying, I was uh, using single spikes for two, three years because it was not easily available in India. So uh, all these things were there, but still our hard work and our passion towards sports. So that was, uh, and that inner uh, fire to, I show the world I want uh, that uh, I can do this much or I can reach up to this level even uh, um, even with all this uh, what to call uh, limited facilities and and uh, I can say that uh, it's not only my uh, um, capacity or capability it is Bobby's desire also awesome one thing I wanted to ask you was that in right from your childhood, you must have had a lot of friends and colleagues who were also participating along with you. Some of them also had a lot of talent. But what what makes the difference? And some people reach a world-class level and some people don't reach a world-class level. Uh, what, what makes a difference? Is there a discipline? Is there a passion? Is there a fire? What, what makes the difference? In introspect, if you look back, some people who are as talented as you and yes. they make it to world class level. What was the biggest difference between? Um, I think I think there are two things. The first thing we need to get a good coach, and the one who is looking after like everything. It's not like uh, he's just coaching. He need to manage you really well, and he need to arrange everything for you, and that's the main thing. Second thing is that uh, uh, that. Uh, uh, we need uh, some faith and uh, that luck that also work a lot. And and see, uh, as you said, there are many talented athletes in India, but very few are reaching up to that level. So even if you are getting good coach or you're getting all the facilities, you need to have that inner fire. So when you're going for a bigger challenge, See, after, after, if you, when you are in the row, like uh, Olympics or World Championship, when you're standing alone inside the stadium, so you need to withstand that pressure. It's, it's, I cannot, I, I don't know how to express that pressure because we are handling uh, crores and crores of people like uh, expecting um, you to win and that much pressure you have to, uh, your shoulder have to bear that much pressure and you have to perform at the same time. So that also you need to <laughs> learn. So it's not uh, training and uh, competing. A lot of other things also you need to learn how to handle. So happiness is a lot about mental makeup. Yes. Same way I think sports and athletics is a lot about mental makeup. So one is that you prepare physically for uh, for an event or for uh, uh, but what are the things that you do to mentally prepare yourself as you said how do you prepare yourself to take that pressure 
and perform your very best. Do you have some disciplines that you have followed in your life before a race or before a long jump? Um, actually, uh, during those days, I was lucky that there was no much uh, like uh, no WhatsApp where there like uh, even internet was very, very, very uh, like uh, it was uh, not easily available and only the newspaper and <laughs> things were available. So I was getting enough time for myself and uh, actually uh, it was not uh, nowadays uh, people are telling like uh, you need to do some training for your like uh, uh, like along with your physical training you need to do some mental training also but actually in my case I think I think it was Bobby was like always uh, uh, he was always with me and he was supporting me like he was pushing me from behind and he was keep on telling me that uh, he was also always encouraging me that, uh, and, and he was uh, giving that uh, uh, what to call um, uh, support that you can do that, and you can win. And that that itself was uh, giving me such a, such kind of encouragement, and that was boosting my morale actually. And and it's it in my case actually I was slowly and steadily uh, even. Even through training, even through competition, I was gaining that mental strength. So uh, it's not that all of a sudden it came. It was stage by stage I gained that. When I was doing in the national level, I was I was I was thinking about only that level. When I went to the Asian about only only about that Asian level. When I went to the world stage, then my mindset also reached up to that level. So it's not like when I'm competing in the national level and I'm thinking uh, something bigger like Olympics or World Championship, we cannot handle that. It should like be like in a stage-by-stage stage process. So one thing I've always wondered is that, you know, generally when we are working in a corporate life, what happens is that we work hard, but we get results same day. Sometimes yes. maybe three days, five days down the line. But in the life of an athlete, Hard for four years and then you get a chance to give results again you have to wait for four more years or two more years for the next championship so how do you motivate yourself during that three four years because you know there is so much of gap between you know, because you don't get that satisfaction every day for us every day we go and make a sale we get some satisfaction so i must be imagining how difficult it is and what kind of disciplines do you follow every day of improving it little bit little bit so that you are prepared for the next championship or next Olympics. Yeah, actually, that is the beauty of sports, you know, uncertainty. It's not, it, there is nothing sure shot. And we need to wait for such a long time. And Olympics, once in four years, it's happening. And we have to actually get, start our preparation uh, like four years before. Some, some countries are starting their preparation 10 years before. So it's like... It, uh, uh, in in sports, actually, we are we are uh, like splitting it like day day one, day two, day three, and we are fixing our goal for day one. For day two, we are fixing our goal, and if we are not achieving day two goals, then again for day three, we are fixing the same goal. So day by day, we are reaching up to that bigger games. And as I said, it's not like all of a sudden we are jumping towards Olympics. So if we are fixing our goal for day one, if it's easy to achieve. So day two goal is easy. We already achieved day one goal. So day two goal is easy to achieve again. So it's 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 a kind of like uh, splitting 
a, a bigger dream we are splitting <laughs> one two three four like so it's it's also for day one if i am i'm planning to jump 650 so i have to think only about 650 i don't want to think about seven meters so day two we are fixing our jump for 660 so i have to think only about 660 so it's it's very easy actually but but training is very hard i am i am telling you uh, athletic training is very hard especially long jump because all the our technique is in the air so we have to learn things very fast because we don't have any enough time for that and and we have to do weight training like a, a weightlifter we have to do sprints like a sprinter and we have to jump like a jumper <laughs> so for us we have to do all and we have to master in all these things because even if it's 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 a four meter we need to sprint like a sprinter in the last when we reach the board the last four six meters or for eight meters we have to sprint like a sprinter it's not like we are sprinting from the beginning it's it's, it's gradual acceleration but last six eight eight meters we have to sprint and we have to jump like like how the rocket is launching so <laughs> so it's a science actually and we need to learn the science behind sports so that is the toughest part <laughs> for each and every moment what we are doing we need to learn why we are doing that and why we are it's not like sometimes people like if somebody is watching a long jump, it's just like running and jumping, but it's not running and jumping. We are calculating each strides. And because if we are, I am running from 40 meters behind, I have to correctly touch on that mark. Otherwise it's a foul or it's, it's we are missing some centimeters. So each strides we are calculating and even the head moment, it will decide how it will be, how, where you are going to jump. And even a hand movement, it's going up and down or, or some, some kind of uh, un, uh, unnatural movements that will decide your jump. So you have to be very careful from the beginning and you need to calculate each strike. So it's not just running and jumping. <laughs> I can imagine, I think uh, technique is so critical uh, in any sport. And one thing that you said was very interesting is that how do you practice what you're going to do in the air? Because <laughs> you can practice what you're going to do on the ground, but other than you're in the air, you can't practice what you're going to do in the air. So it's almost like it becomes very much more difficult <laughs> in practicing what you're going to do in the air. Um, so, so what I want to discover out here is that uh, when you start traveling and you're facing new challenges, uh, especially when you're going to new countries, uh, and meeting different coaches, people who have better training. How, how do Indian athletes sort of learn from that? Because I think that's one big challenge that we face in India also, that uh, a lot of table tennis players, the, the world top 10 players are not from India. So the top 10 coaches in the world are not from India. So how do we actually make a breakthrough in this? The very people who have made a breakthrough in, you know, let's say in badminton or in uh, you know, table tennis or some in doubles in, in tennis. But if we are not a dominant player in that country, then we have a problem because we don't have enough coaches. We don't have enough past world champions. We don't have enough colleagues. So then it's very difficult for us to then excel. So you have broken that barrier in, in long jump. What are the things that can be done to break the same barrier? What, what were the things that work for you? Um, yeah, actually sports, uh, every year the technique is changing in athletics. 
and americans europeans are doing lot of research in that and we are not doing anything and we are just learning from them but when we got an idea that this year they changed this we we like it's all they already done that and we are going to learn so we are behind them and we are but we are we have to compete together so that is the main issue happening in even long jump every year they are changing their running pattern or they are in their they are changing uh, some kind of techniques so what i was doing um is uh, uh no we will watch like uh, when mike powell or any other uh, no, no, not mike powell um uh, christian or someone is jumping no we will watch me and bobby will watch together is their live competition and we will discuss what technique they are implementing this year and we will try to learn that very fast and very next competition we will try to execute that so that is what i was doing because for us if even if we ask their coach how you are doing this or how you are implementing this they won't they won't reveal that so i was luckily i was a very fast learner so i was i was i was doing this and we both were like doing this and but nowadays now uh, nowadays uh, everything is very easy easily available so you can watch their videos or every year from the beginning you, you can uh, like communicate with each other even through uh, even a whatsapp and even through like zoom or anything you can interact with people but those days it was not easily available so this technique i was using then but but see the thing is that the best coaches they won't reveal their secret what they are doing and what research they are doing and even if we are going with going uh, we are training with them they will support only their athletes and they don't want to uh, like uh, any commitment with us because we are a different country uh, we are from uh, uh, other countries and they don't want to support they may train us but the secret they won't give so only thing is that we need to like learn things very fast and we need to understand that's what i am telling we need to understand the science behind sports and then it's very easy for us to learn things we you know one of the chapters in my book is on learnability how the ability to learn new things yes. is very important for happiness but i feel also is very important for success because the more and more things you learn the more and more you become better so the if you can learn faster you'll become a better leader a better entrepreneur but also a better sports person because things are changing so rapidly in the world that learning new things is very very critical i think so glad you brought out that topic about learning new things becoming very critical and important so one thing i wanted to know was that what what do you when when people like me when we are entrepreneurs leaders we also have this infinite time available to us to build a bigger company and a bigger company and a bigger entrepreneur or whatever xyz but for sports people the time is short so once you achieve the pinnacle that you have achieved after that how do you plan the rest of your life what is it that you would like to do which will make you happy so being associated with sports because some people give up sports and do something totally different some people pursue it what are your thoughts and what are your uh, uh, 
purpose that you would like in the next 10, 20, 30 years that you would like to do, which will make you happy? <laughs> yes, actually, uh, an athlete's life is very, very short, maybe maximum 10 year or 15 year or maximum 20 years, not more than that. So we need to achieve whatever we want in that short, short period. And as you said, some of the athletes after achieving everything, they will, uh, they leave sport and they will go to some other area. But for me, actually, from very young, very young age, I was living in this in this field, and today also I am in this field because beyond that, beyond sport, I have I don't think I can live without this sport. So my goal was like even after my retirement, I need to give something back to my society because what I am today is just because of this sport. So I need to because as an as an athlete who reach up to the world stage, I can easily guide. The young, how we can how we can reach up to this level because I already did that. So it's is for us actually it's very easy to guide them. So actually, yeah, there are a lot of opportunities even for me now. But I I decided even Gobi decided we need uh, to be in this field and we can guide the youngsters and we can coach our younger talents and we can bring laurels more laurels to our country. So I actually, even if we are saying like athletes and coaches are, are the center stage, but still some discrimination is still there. So we are thinking like they are the bottom part, but we want to be with the bottom part still. And I started my academy in Bangalore uh, Anju Gobi Sports Foundation and now that academy is uh, working in Sports Authority of India, our ground is getting ready and we are running here and there for funding because uh, ministry gave only five crores and you know how much uh, it will cost for a synthetic track and we are also putting a lot of money in that uh, from our side, our personal investment we are also, uh, because there is some limitation because we are not that rich. <laughs> <laughs> so we are also putting money and I don't know till where I can push that but 14 athletes, young girls are with us uh, from all over India and uh, two UP girls, one Shaili Singh, uh, she is world number two at her age category, uh, she is just 16 year old and a uh, few more athletes are there. So uh, see uh, this is my dream. I reach up to a certain level. So I want to push our India beyond that. And if one of my world get a world Olympic medal, I can, be, I can say that it's my medal because <laughs> that's the only one I missed in my career, uh, athletic career. So that is my dream. I am still living in that dream. Uh, and I think one day, maybe 2024 or 2028, I can fulfill my dream. <laughs> well, I'm sure, Anju, you will, because uh, I have a similar dream about India winning uh, Olympic medal in table tennis. So I, I put a lot of effort and whatever I can do to act like a catalyst. And I think that pride that you feel as a coach or as a team owner, is a very different kind of pride. It's not your own pride, but it's the pride of the country. So... I'm keeping your fingers crossed that you achieve your goal, which will be India also, and uh, would love to have that as that. So I think moving forward, um, Anju, I would love to 
understand some things that you do as a practice uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, which is like a discipline. When you did it in the childhood, what time you got up, how you exercised, you meditated, what are the things you did, which have you continued them even after uh, you're not an active athlete at this point of time? And uh, do you continue some practices on a day-to-day -day basis? So I have this theory in my book that he says, so many times it's not about goal setting and what goals you set, but it's all about what kind of disciplines you set for yourself. That you get up at this time, you do this exercise, you do this because like when I play table tennis, I used to go and play matches and then you would never improve. But you had to do a lot of you know training. The training is boring in a way compared to going and doing the long jump, but that's what you need to do most of your time. Same way I'm taking thousand table tennis balls and just doing the same serve again and again, again and again is boring. But if you really want to win service points, then you have to do that. So would love to know what are the disciplines you've had in your life and have, have the disciplines changed then when you're not an active athlete at this point in time? Um, I can say that uh, from childhood itself, uh, I am leading a life as a sports person. So uh, I actually, when I was very small, uh, when I was uh, studying in fifth standard, I used to go to ground around early morning, 4.30. And from there, after training, directly to school and after school again to ground so that was my routine so i was not getting enough time to play with my uh, um, uh, friends or i was not getting enough time to roam around with uh, uh, or watching movie or anything it, it was beyond my dream because i was not getting time and when i was a teenager like all my friends i was i was because i am always under the sun so my skin was getting dark and so even the beauty part, it was, uh, it was away from me. So, but my, but my full focus was towards sports and how can I jump further or, or, or what kind of uh, uh, changes I can uh, make in my training or all sort of things I was into. So I think that muscle memory and that brain memory is still there. Even after my career, if I am eating something extra, it's giving me a guilty feeling that I I had something extra, so I have to go to gym and I have to do training. So without at least 13 minutes, if I am not getting in um, time for training, see, it's kind of like, oh, I miss something, I miss something, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually, so it's, it's kind of without a training and uh, like um, even time management, that's the main thing. See if some someone is uh, telling like saying you like six o'clock you should be here. We'll be there just five minutes before. So that discipline and that discipline in your life, I think we can keep throughout your life. And and all this like fitness, discipline, time management. So everything I think I think you can is there in your memory. <laughs> so <laughs> no need to like uh, oh. oh like uh, you have to do like it will be doing like that will be like you're you're chasing your <laughs> uh, daily routine uh, it will come automatically yeah actually you know anju you mentioned and when before the interview we were talking about a person who the chairman of densu called tim andre so he was drafted in chicago bulls 
and then he went on to become the chairman of Denso, which is a $60 billion company. And it got me thinking that so many times playing competitive sport brings out some qualities in you and disciplines you for success in life. So as you said about punctuality or the ability to understand that you're not going to win every time, hard work gives you results. Uh, and discipline is the most important thing. And you know, micro improvements, if you want to achieve a gold medal in the Olympics, you can't achieve it today. You have to improve yourself micro every day for the next 365 days into four before you can achieve the gold medal. So how do you actually keep track of improvements in your life every day? In fact, one of the persons I interviewed was this person called Vishal Gondal. And he talks about that he imagines himself to be, let's say, an iPhone 11. So if iPhone 12 is coming out next year, what are the features the phone should have that makes a worthwhile upgrade? So how are we upgrading ourselves every year? And as you said, upgrading ourselves every day so that we become a better version of us next year. And I think these are mental models that there is so much of synergy and connecting dots between different people. All the people that I know who have achieved success, they have these mental models. They all connect to each other in some way. They have different ways of expressing it, but they all connected. And it's just wonderful to hear what you said. And it's so useful for the audience that they cultivate these qualities and discipline in their life, then they can achieve success in whatever, whatever things that they want to achieve success in. So one thing I want to, last thing I wanted to cover was that, you know, you had discovered very late that you had one kidney and being in the most arduous sport that one can imagine, which is athletics. Uh, I'm just wondering, right? If you had both kidneys, then it would have been a full medal in the Olympics. But many times people are disappointed with the cards they're dealt in their life and accepting the cards that you're dealt and making the best of it. I think you are a great example of it. So would love to know the emotions of your family, yourself, when you discovered this and how did it not stop you and limit you, but empowered you to still continue your career? Um, actually, uh, uh, very late uh, at the age of 22, 23, I came to know about this situation, about my health uh, uh, status uh, that I am, I am living with a single kidney. But the initial stages, I was I was really scared because it's a new uh, it's a new new for me because I was thinking like I'm a perfect woman I am a perfect athlete and I, I can I can do beyond my limitations but all of a sudden there was a stop because the doctors advised me like if you're leading a normal life it's okay but if you're pushing your body beyond your limitations then we also cannot how it will react. So in initial stages, I got scared, but Bobby, he did all the research and he was like, uh, I, I was having an angle injury also. That was that was a very bad ang angle injury and my angle is almost dead. It's, if there is no reaction from my takeoff flight. So I was, I, was, I was doing like heavy taping throughout my career before each gym, each training gyms or each competition, it was like I used to arrest my ankle with heavy taping and I was doing with that. Otherwise, I, I can't even walk. I will get pain. So that that is also other thing. And this is also a new thing. So Bobby was like, oh my God, what I will do with this athlete. But actually, 
he studied i think uh, about this situation and how we can work because each day my body was reacting in a different uh, like uh, way if i am doing today Uh, like 660 tomorrow maybe i am not even able to walk or my body will be uh, getting swelling or the fatigue will come and uh, so and and if i take some painkillers i will admitted in the hospital like i am allergic to painkillers so it was it was a bit task for him to make me from a national level athlete to a world championship medalist and and i, I can say that it is his effort more than my talent it was his effort and his um, um like ability as a coach who pushed me from a national level to an international athlete um uh, actually uh, when we learn about this situation i was very young and i i was i was i got scared and i was like if someone if i say something openly then people will look at me with the, like oh she is she is having this problem and if, even if i am get, if, even if i get a medal from olympics or world championship is in a different angle they will look at that medal with sympathy so that sympathy actually won't take you anywhere <laughs> so that that's why i kept it secret even if i am not getting a proper jump of i am not getting a medal i thought i thought i don't need that sympathy so now if i reveal that i can i can see the difference see i can motivate people i did the entire career uh, with this limitations but i pushed beyond my limitations and i reached up to this level even i can do and you can also do so that that motivation i can give now but those days it was something different 2000 it's the, it was a different year and 2020 is a different year people can understand understand and they can easily connect yeah no, no absolutely i think uh, there is a huge difference in the past uh, and what it is today because i think a lot of people had a lot of uh, they were very irritated when i look at even articles or look at the history of sports there was a lot of opinionated people now i think the world has become a slightly more open place yes. people are willing to accept differences in people and get inspiration from them rather than look at as you said from a different lens and different uh, eye so one last thing before i bring weber win i wanted to ask you was that uh, generally in in business or at work there is no uh, you know they have this thing that the winner does not take all so what happens is that if i don't become the most successful entrepreneur in india let's say mukesh ambani i may still land up with enough adequate wealth for myself but the problem is sports is either you become a mukesh ambani or you don't become nobody yes. so you are training the 16 girls right now in your academy how do we sort of encourage them to aim for the best in the world and become a medalist in the olympics but also prepare them that if that objective does not happen there is still life and there is still a lot that sports will teach you which will help you in achieving success and happiness in the rest of your life so what is your thoughts on that how do we prepare is that something that need to, they need to be prepared for or you think we should prepare them only after they have not achieved 
some result um actually uh, from my point of view even if when we are going for a competition we need to like um, bo- both side we need to take care like if i win a competition how should i celebrate or if i am not winning how should i react so these both things we need to evaluate before the competition and we need to like the best stage and the worst stage we need to imagine before and that is how i used to do and i am teaching the same thing even for my younger kids like how to prepare for a competition it's not that always it's your your day so some days are not yours so how you need to cope up with that and and it's actually through along with the training we are teaching our kids how to behave in a society and how how to project you as a person and how to behave outside our country because we are indians and we need we are carrying some kind of like uh, uh, what to call uh, legacy so how how to showcase our country in front of the world and it's 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 not like we are teaching them how to jump or how to run so we are molding a perfect person or we are taking out the personality we are developing the personality also so most of the kids are very from very humble family so we need to support them like a to z so they are fin- uh, like uh, financially we need to support them their studies we need to support them we are sending them in good colleges good schools and and along with that we are preparing them for the olympics or world championships so even from the table from table manners so uh, language and uh, everything so we are developing their personality also and that is very important nowadays and and everywhere everywhere so it's very important so it's 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 not like just coaching we are doing we are teaching everything <laughs> you know one of the reasons where i feel that uh, you know interest of people in sports is limited to a few sports and that also only in the men's category or only in the senior level because i think most of us give up sports in our younger days if you are not professionals so you know when i was 17 years old 16 years old i gave up table tennis and took it up again only when i turned 35 because uh, you know my parents wanted me to get settled and that getting settled is a eternal process you never settled <laughs> so even though i sold my company even though i got married everything nothing gets settled right so i think if we could encourage our children to continue sports while they are working while they are studying it will do two things one is it will you know if you take usa there is a lot of college sports that are very popular so automatically when college sports are popular that means everybody gets encouraged at all levels you don't have to wait for him to become a national player before he gets recognized because you need recognition as a sports person to progress second thing is the more and more we continue our sports i think people are happier when i play table tennis in the morning and i go to office i have this stride in my step i am happier through the day that day is brighter exactly right you know 
unfortunately what has happened is we've in forced all our kids to leave up their passions uh, so i i spoke in a event uh, and basically i said that getting settled is the biggest epidemic the india as a country faces because we it makes us leave all our passions in this quest of getting settled and because of which we we lead a very very sad life giving up the passion that we had in our lives and that affects our performance in in our career we become a lesser lawyer lesser doctor lesser leader because the is, yes the thing is that we are always living for someone else when when we are young we are living for our parents and when we are parents we are living for our kids so we are not living for us <laughs> that's the main issue absolutely so i'm on this note i think uh, the only one thing that we would like to you know transfer the audience is that if you have a passion don't give it up because you want to get settled even if you continue your passion you can still get settled so your parents need not worry you will not only get settled but you will become a better professional because you will be happier and happiness brings you success so on this note webav you please welcome to come back thank you thank you so much you know um, i want all of us to understand i, I mean in terms of audience that there are two hugely successful people on the panel and they are saying that being settled is a myth so don't go for the timelines or the thought pattern that perhaps our parents had the time is changing you need to be fluid you need to be flexible and go ahead and achieve your dream thank you for the wonderful conversation that you know i was i will enjoy every bit of it and at times the conversation became so warm that uh, it was amazing and uh, vivek is all smiles because you know we have an athlete today on on the panel <laughs> because you know somebody i think once an athlete is always an athlete you know uh, you you know you might be doing a startup or you might be working in customs but then you you are always an athlete you know you always have that spirit it's it's never going to go anywhere so anju my uh, question to you is uh, i remember vivek once mentioning about a table tennis tournament i think he traveled to uh, some part of europe and after that after the tournament got over he was like are abhi main kya karu like for for that brief moment did you so you know when you were when you won the world championship uh in 2003 in paris what, did you feel like a sense of like you okay now you won now what was there how, how was that moment i would love to know from you um uh, i think for an athlete there is no stop because after winning a world championship medal i was aiming for 20, 2004 olympic games so i was i was i was thinking like from my country uh, like where, where athletics is nowhere even if the entire world athletics is something big and athletics is uh, in olympics that is the center stage but in uh, india it was nowhere so if i can win a medal in world championship like a I can do the same thing in Olympics also. So I was getting ready for Olympics. When I missed Olympics, I was aiming for next year's World Athletic Finals, and that that is uh, tougher than this because only only seven world top seven will get entry for that competition, and wow. that that competition is tougher than <laughs> I can say that this. So so every year we are fixing new new goals. So it was just rolling on. It, there was no stop in between. <laughs> Fabulous! And uh, since uh, Anju and Vivek both are nurturing 
uh, talent so that they can win a gold medal or at least a medal in Olympics. Now, I was listening to Sonu, Sonu Nigam uh, a few days ago, though it's a bit of uh, a bit controversial, but I still want to ask that he says that he doesn't want his child to sing in India. Uh, he doesn't want his child to sing in India. Oh, okay. His son. And since even you're a parent and you also nurture, uh, why is it difficult in India to win medals? We have such a large population, but you have been through uh, things yourself. So why do you think it's so difficult for India to uh, win medals at a competitive level like Olympics or World Games? Um, actually, uh, in India, we have got many talented athletes. Absolutely. And but the system, we need a system. For me, actually, Bobby was working as a system. So he was doing A to Z. But some, some, for some, some other athletes, it's not working. Even if they are, they may be training under a good coach, but they are not getting enough competitions in Europe. Someone else need to manage that. And if you are injured, you need to find a good doctor. And even during training, you need to get good massage. And your food, someone should take care of. Your travel, someone should take care of. And for each year, we need to prepare one year before. And we need to, like, which competition, which day we are going for. So all things, someone should manage for you. That system is not working properly in India. So we are spending a lot and lot of amount. But that that's the main thing. And it's not... All about training. We need to get exposure. We need to like the, through competition. You need to peak. And see, the training is only fifty percent. Like the rest of fifty percent is through competition. You need to gain. Right. So all sort of things someone should manage and someone should like support you. So, so that is not happening. So we get that the support system is very important. Yes. Yes. Uh, what do you think? You know, uh, a, a lot of startups, a lot of businesses, they have a C, they have a CSR budget. How how can we uh, perhaps uh, uh, you know uh, make them spend a little more on sports and all of that? What is your take on this? Since you are in both the uh, in uh, you know uh, worlds of uh, uh, of uh, sports and uh, business. No, actually, in my case, sorry, sorry, I'm still starting. Sorry, the, the, the question was for Vivek. Oh, okay. Sorry. This is every time you do this, right? You 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 point at somebody and I don't know why you have to say it very, very <laughs> well. I said Vivek, I said Vivek. <laughs> so, okay, anyway, so tell you what my thoughts is, right? Just adding to your previous question also, I think the biggest change that the country needs is this mindset change at all levels. At the level of a parent where they want their children to take up sports, and not leave up their passion and the thing of the government where they want India to create world-class athletes, uh, the systems which is going to help everybody. But I think the biggest challenge, if you ask me, both for sports as well as for entrepreneurs is the mindset. So if you take, you know, I read this book called Startup Nation, where an Israeli mother wanted her children to become an entrepreneur first. If, if that is not possible, then get a job. In, in India, mm -hmm. a parent would want the job first and only if he doesn't get a job, then they will be disappointed if they become an entrepreneur. That's the reason creating world-class entrepreneur becomes difficult. Even if you take the bureaucrats to the government, 
the processes they have for entrepreneurs, right? Even today, I have to go to the income tax office and explain things that I did nine years ago where I paid two lakh rupees to somebody. Now they want me to find that guy and get an invoice from him, right? That amount is irrelevant for me if you take the amount of taxes I've paid over the last eight, nine years, right? But the thing is, I have to now find a guy whose number I don't have and it's nine year old thing. But it, this is the things that happens constantly to entrepreneurs. That's the reason successful entrepreneurs second time around, they don't want to take up an entrepreneurship venture in India because every day you get hassled for something or the other, right? But I believe that, I think it's important as entrepreneurs to realize that this is our country. This is where I feel in spite of the hardships, it is the best place to create wealth, is the best place to do something back for the country. So I, you know, so I have told, let's say my team has listen, this is, we're going to face these challenges, but face it. 20 years ago, the challenges were more different. Now it's become better and it's becoming better every year. So how we talk about micro improvements in ports, even the income tax office, the startup environment, it is improving every day, every year. So in the next five years, 10 years, when your company becomes big, hopefully it'll be a better environment to work in. But even when I was talking to investors, they were very hesitant to invest in an India company because they say that, you know, you can't protect your IP. You'll always have income tax problems. You'll always have excise problems. You'll always have some problem with the other dealing, right? And he was, he was right that they face so many problems even today, right? Some of these problems are irrelevant, but as entrepreneurs, you face these problems and that's, that's what it is, right? So you, you, you have, these are the cards you were dealt. So I think the CSR budget that you talked about Weber, it all depends on, am I feeling positive towards the sport? Am I following college level sports? Is my kids involved in competitive sport? Because CSR budget comes from passions, right? The reason I do CSR in table tennis is because I'm passionate about table tennis. If Anju became a billionaire tomorrow, she will support athletics. The thing is that if you're not involved in the sports, then it becomes very difficult to convince the person to get involved. Let's say today, Ultimate Table Tennis League was started by Neeraj Bajaj, who was a national level table tennis player, and Vita Dani, whose son is a world-class athlete in table tennis, Murid Dani. So what happens is that all the people who are contributing back to sports, at some level, either they have been an athlete, or their children are athletes, or they're involved in that sport in some way. So the thing is that in order for us to have more CSR from the corporate world, we need more corporates to get involved in sports. Otherwise, they will not have the passion and they will not have the passion, then it will always be, okay, I'm doing you a favor. We don't need any favors. We want them to benefit from it. So if the more and more of the countries involved in sports, more and more they watch it, the more and more uh, their kids start excelling in sports, CSR and all the monies will come into sport. Like in cricket, it has come in the same way. If everybody else was watching other sports, right, then then it would come into the other sports also. So I think we have to increase the level of sports, grassroots levels. And I feel once we achieve some kind of world dominance in any sport, then the money comes in. If you take badminton, right, money has come into badminton, and people have got you know people leave everything and watch badminton because we know that we have a chance to win a gold medal we have a chance to do that if tomorrow if 30 of our athletes had chances of winning different medals in athletics athletics will become very popular and more and more money will come in 
right now we have one two athletes who have broken the barrier but once we have 10 20 30 athletes breaking the barrier like even table tennis right we don't have a top 10 in the world in table tennis our best person is 28 or 26th rank when satyan or sharad kamal move into the top 10 or top 5 or top 3 then you will see a lot more money is coming in lot more people wanting to watch it lot people knowing about it that all will happen when when we improve the level of sports at the grassroots level so i think what we have to wait for is strive hard that how do we create more and more athletes so anju's academy is also a step in that direction that out of the 16 girls if four or five medals are won in 2028 then suddenly you'll see athletics getting all the money it needs but we need those first five medals coming in fabulous thank you uh, anju thank you vivek for uh, you know uh, bringing so much of insight to your journeys uh, i hope we all have benefited out of this and i hope to connect with you guys soon and uh, discuss more on this but thank you once again and for everybody watching us please subscribe like and share and remember to let your friends know about the channel happiness is a muscle till then see you